0: So take these broken wings And learn to fly again Learn to live so free When we hear the voices sing The book of love will open And let us in Take these broken wings You've got to learn to fly Learn to live in love so free we here for sissy. Book of love will open. Let us in yeah, yeah.
1: so that was awesome. Now I wanted to start the show with a crowdsourced um, video. But before I do that, I want to explain what crowdsourcing is I have done this before, um, but Uh, You know, for some reason, um, I don't think people get it because I think uh, maybe I was misinterpreted with what I said about, um, uh, hold on, uh, what I said about Q. It's really important that you understand how and, and why I said what I said. So, let's take a look at what crowdsourcing for truth really means. Now, this was a one-season episode, one of the most fantastic episodes, I have to say. The script is quite amazing. And I want you guys to pay attention to it. It was called Wisdom of the Crowd.
2: Hey, Dad. I know I probably don't say this enough. But I love you.
1: Jeffrey is over. Mia's killer's in prison. You know what
3: I can't stop thinking about? Her running through those waves. You remember that before we split up?
4: You need to stop doing this. Nothing that you do is going to bring
0: our daughter back. You're watching a live feed from All of Headquarters in Silicon
3: Valley, where Jeffrey Tanner has called a press conference. Thank you. I just signed an agreement giving up ownership of all sorcerers. So the rumors are true. I'm out. The question you're all probably asking yourself is why. Next week is the one-year anniversary of my daughter Mia's death. More accurately, her murder. They caught and convicted a former addict named Carlos Ochoa. The only problem is this. I think they got the wrong guy. More evidence would emerge if a platform existed for it to come forward. I have created that platform. I call it Sophie. And as of right now, it is active. Sophie is real-time, crowdsourced crime-solving. It is a hub where people can submit and dissect evidence. The courts, they can only do so much. The rest is up to us. I'm offering a powerful incentive, $100 million, to anyone that can help identify or apprehend the killer of my daughter. Holy crap. Good luck. Detective Kavanaugh, thank you for coming. I was sent. There's a difference. What the hell is this? Welcome to the hive, detective. This Sophie Webb thing, what does it do exactly? There was a scientist. He asked 800 people to guess the weight of a prize-winning ox. No one could get it exactly right. But then, when he averaged in, all of the answers, they were dead on within a half a pound. That's what it does.
5: Wisdom of the crowd, huh?
6: This is where we maintain the Sophie CrowdTech database and monitor the platform. We vet any evidence before it's posted, and then we can pull it up at the stroke of a key.
7: Do you really think all this is going to work? I know it'll work. There's a reason why cops solve crimes. We have this thing called
3: privacy. We gave that up a long time ago so we can watch cat videos on our phone.
5: This just came in. 11.37 p.m. the night Mia was killed.
8: I am it's going
3: to
0: hurt me. You won't leave
5: me
3: alone. just call me when you get
5: this, okay?
3: I can tell by your face you never heard that. Whatever this is, it will destroy you. I don't care. This is what I'm doing. How is a bunch of people arguing on the internet rather than police work? Crowdsourcing is sifting through the dirt until you find the gold. 90% of anything is garbage, but 10% of everything, that's a hell of a lot of blame. Watch. So who is it? The other guy. I wanted to believe that you were the one. I'm sorry that I didn't do something before, but I'm doing something now.
7: What's going on? I got an alert. It's not about me. The crowd gave us a clue that helped us make a breakthrough on
3: another case. What, what other case?
0: Every now and then. We have an opportunity to help. We can't not take it. After
3: we find Mia's killer, all this is doing
4: is... It's the right thing to do, Jeffrey, and you know it.
3: Let's do it. Let's go. Now, Steve Jobs. Got to be Steve Jobs by understanding human nature. That's what I do. That's why I know that this is gonna work. We need ears. Are there any users nearby? Hey, Julie. You wanted to see if we could use your phone as a
9: listening device. Just a little closer.
10: There's no way they're gonna catch us.
9: Alright, we gotta
11: move in!
0: Julie, get out of there. Got one suspect in custody, the other one's heading south on foot. Where'd he go? I'm going to post this photo for Sophie Eustace. Have you seen this man?
6: That's him. Two more just reported in.
0: Uh, guys,
3: we got like a thing here. People are responding. They keep moving in. I said tell them to stay away. Why aren't they listening to us? Why aren't they running away? Because people want to be a part of something meaningful.
0: Are I- you people crazy? Get
3: back! Police! Drop
10: the back. You're under arrest for the murder of Natalie Kurtz.
3: Unless you have lost a child yourself, you can never know what it does to you.
7: The states decided not to reopen your daughter's case. I didn't expect them to.
3: Not until we provide them with enough evidence to force their hand.
1: You were a good dad.
3: I wasn't, Hmm. but thank you for saying that.
1: Don't get me wrong.
3: You were a terrible husband. That's more like it.
1: Yes.
10: Awful.
3: Thank you.
1: But you were a good, Dad. Thank you. For those that have not watched that show, you should. So a little bit of story time so you understand what this is about. Thank you for the rants. Um... Wisdom of the Crowd was one of the best scripts ever. Unfortunately, CBS terminated it and um, canceled it after a year. It indicated how people, even though technology spies on us, how people can actually be involved in their community and assist in accountability for everything. Here it just shows crime, right? But what was created was a, almost a quantum crunching evidence computer. So the question would be, Hey guys, there was a stabbing, you know, in public square, uh, in Cleveland. Um, did you take any photos that day? Please upload. There'll be, you know, whoever's picture video or whatever, uh, contributes to it will help us solve this crime and people participated. Uh, Hey guys, um, you know, we found out that, you know, Pritt, who worked at, uh, you know, the U.S. Treasury and then went on, it was Department of Energy and went to U.S. Treasury and now went to a law firm in Chicago. She did a little bit of funny business. Can anyone dig and find anything about her social or anything? Within seconds, people being online will dig better than anyone. So, what... Upset people that hijacked and tried to initiate, abuse, and amplify with the Q initiative was one, propaganda, two, to help themselves, and three, for counterintelligence. But then there was a wild card, which is the actual commanders of the uh, computing system that was being emulated. And therefore, this is why you can see that there were distinct voices uh, when reading those posts. Uh, And what you saw was people using it for their benefit, uh, people using it for their benefit, but doing good at the same time, still for their benefit. And, uh, you know, Others were counter-intel um, and to attack the people. Human nature is funny in the sense that, you know, we're always taught humans are indeed kind and loving by nature. But as I've said before, they are the most vicious and most evil beings that roam this earth. They can cause the greatest evils and torture upon each other. They do it to each other. It's not to other things. It's to their own kind. So that is why people went these crazy rabbit holes. Rabbit holes aren't so bad because you get to the bottom of it. Have you ever been on usaspending.gov? Guys, I've stayed once five hours in a chair and didn't even move. I had to go to the bathroom and I wouldn't get up because I was so going, oh, and I found this contract and I found that contract, right? I know how it is. But when you crowdsource and you have people from all aspects of life looking at things, you get answers. And there was a video that was created that was exactly that. And remember, how are you the underdog? You're the one doing all the homework. You're the one shouting out for accountability. And then you have the people that supposedly have the microphone to hold that accountability and they don't do it for you, which means they're not your friend. And there are a lot of people out there that have, you know, mustered up support and mustered up people. But you know, truth tellers, the world loves to hate them. Truth disrupts the status quo. It equals all playing fields. I don't care if you have a title, a tiara, a star, a a freaking bar. I don't give a shit what you have. The playing field is flat. And this is why they hate truth tellers and they love to hate them. Truth is not pretty. It won't sugarcoat and it won't pet your ears. Some people may, oh, well, maybe it's kinder. Nobody gives a shit about kinder when it comes to the truth. Well, you know, the person did do some good and I, you know, this guy said this, that guy said that, this girl said that, that. We stick to the facts. People like you are disruptors. Now, you hear disrupt. Right. And tech means to shake things up and change it. (laughs) Well, truth is one of the biggest disruptors because that's exactly what this world needs. Truth. Your voice, your efforts, your contributions to that leveling the playing field is what's important. And I've said this before. A lot of people have come out straight out. Well, you know, people were like, Durham's a myth and Oh, Durham lost. And it's like, you're so stupid. So what? That's okay. Not concerned about the DC court and the magic wheel. It just gave us Obama even closer. And here you are bitching because You don't know the truth, you don't know what's going on, and you can't see it for what it is, truth. Truth is very simple, parsimonious. I've said that many times. The simplest answer is usually the right one. And that's exactly what in this show Sophie, the computer, the Q computer, would do. It would take all the responses and put them in. And like he said, with the algorithm, to be able to filter out all this information, it was able to down to the half a pound guess a weight that nobody could because everybody can see it differently. So I want to share this video that was put together that was crowdsourced. It's it's pretty cool. <laughs> There was this show, and I don't remember what the name was, it had to do something about crowd something, where this guy's daughter gets murdered, he's like a tech mongol, and he wants to solve her murder, so what does he do? He puts the investigation live online, so that all these people globally can search for her, search for evidence, search for this, search for that, and that's how he finds You know, that's how he deduces and finds this murderer, the person that killed his daughter because the FBI and the police couldn't because there wasn't any evidence. Yet when he crowdsourced it, crowdsourced it, you know, the answers were there. What we see online through different movements like Q, that this is a strategy of crowdsourcing. When you can't trust the highest level of your government and your intelligence agencies to provide you unbiased factual information with no cover-ups, what do you do? You go outside of them and ask other people to do it. How many of you think that the DNC hack and the RNC hack that happened in March of 2016 was done from a foreign actor? We all know it was domestic. Their documentation show it was domestic. So why are we constantly saying that Russia hacked the DNC and the RNC in March of
0: 2016?
3: You need an army. That's it. An electronic army. If I were us, I'd get on the internet, send out a major distress signal. Hackers of the world unite.
1: How are you going to take care of the cops? This is how things are done. Remember, there are always new ways to come to solutions. You know, I say it all the time. We need diversity in our country in general to succeed. Because diversity is how we, you know, get innovation to come forward because if you have a room with 10 people that wear the same khaki, same shirt, subscribe to the same ideologies and you give them a problem, they will give you maybe one solution. Whereas if you have a room of 10 people that come from different walks of life, different ideologies, different religions, different color, different. They dress different. Everything's different about them and you give them that problem. They will give you millions of solutions. This is what we are seeing right now. They think they can get away with this stuff. But again, when you crowdsource, this is how you tap into a global network of people that have their own sets of skills, their own ideologies that will see one problem from a very different angle than another person. And these people will literally find tons of solutions that will make more sense or at least give you leads to actually find the solution silent geniuses across the globe have tapped into this we have you know an fbi and a global intelligence system again global because they're all in on it that is trying to keep the, the peace and keep their plan in motion, which is crumbling before their eyes They are no match for a whole planet tapped into the internet to help President Trump take them down This is why when I see people saying we are Q. Yes, they are because he's a genius crowdsource I mean I'm contributing to it myself right because I'm the one that sat there and said look Perkins Coy sent a letter to the FBI telling him you can't have the DNC server Here's, here's the letter. There's documentation that Huma Abedin gave them copies of her non-disclosure agreement so she can't tell them things and she can't give them things. Like, these lawyers are the ones doing everything. I'm the one that said it. I even said, why is Peter Strzok there? He was raised in Iran. He has tight relations with Brennan. Brennan's running this whole thing. This is a guy who ran our intelligence agency, who literally founded a, gl- a company that is the global center of all intelligence communities that people call five eyes. It's actually a private company he created. I've written the article, the part three, which is unmasking methods where I told you guys about U.S., former disgraced U.S. Ambassador John Test and his
4: little daughter that,
1: uh, you know, works at the State Department, who's married to a former National Security Advisor, President Obama. I'll leave you with this thought. Think of what was transpiring with the Clintons and Uranium One during that period of time that Brennan stepped away and created this company in Luxembourg think about that for a moment because then everything else will make sense because they try to make you think rabbit hole. I think when, when coming down to what kind of population is placing a vote within the United States I would say it's the crowdsourcers and the not crowdsourcers because crowdsourcing is what is getting us all this information out. Crowdsourcing is what's letting us remember Do you know how many people on the internet right now are scouring through documents that they're able to have Crowdsourced from people like you and me, everyone that's contributing to this research. They're looking for the story they're not telling, because that's where the story is. Just like that, broken anthem in Texas and on brought a compilation of old shows of mine. To put it in a nutshell, the thing is, like I said, their movement was hijacked. Then it was hijacked again and hijacked again. But the real controllers of the real computer, Huh. well, they just stood there and watched everything. And like I said on Telegram, it's important to never take sides and call people out. That way they can question, maybe you're too dumb to see this. Maybe you're smart and you do see it. But it's important to keep to yourself until, until you figure out their methods. That's the only time you start calling them out. Because then as you call them out it comes forward and it starts happening. People just get too 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 quick on the draw for that, right? They get too quick on the draw to make assumptions. Good ones and bad ones. And that's the problem. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I I always pride myself in having the ability to think objectively. And I, I, not all the time, but when it comes to big deal things, I like to be objective because when you inject your perspective, it changes the outcome. Kind of like quantum computers. They're the best at finding solutions. They're the best at predictive analytics, but they're only as good as the objectivity of the program insert. So, if you want to find out what's happening tomorrow and you have an algorithm that can crunch all those points that, as you saw from the Mandelbot, ah, there's a, pretty, a lot of points and a lot of, you know, possibilities, you must keep it objective and input all the news input all the data of the climate within all socioeconomic levels of humankind that you can conceive, put in all the past information and have it generate what is to come. And so as objective as you can be without overloading it with your perspective or another perspective or what you want to see, suddenly you can get to the next node. And you know what the next node is? The terminating figure that you saw on yesterday's video, the next, where did it always terminate? To the same code, that little shape, the man, right, right there. That's a node. That's a fixed point in time where everything collapses to that regardless. It all comes back to that and then the next, and then the next. It's all math. It's really good math. But, you know, humankind has a difficulty in being objective. I am too. Uh, You know, when I interact with people, it's really hard for me sometimes to be objective. When I look at data, putting together reports, you know, and I'm really kicking myself in the ass. (sighs) February, I was going to publish a piece. Oh, shit, and I haven't. In regards to UAE, I will do that this weekend at some point. Maybe, uh, you know, when I'm traveling, I'll, um, I don't have much of a layover. I don't know. I have to change my tickets anyway. So, um, I, I, it's not happenstance. These things that are happening are not happenstance. That have, they've all been planned properly. You know, and and I say this again, you know, the 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 digital red stringers, the idiots that think they're important, that tell you they're important, right? (laughs) Oh, look at me, I'm important. They not once have come out to actually speak to something that's important. I, I think I saw somewhere fly by that Jesse Waters gave credit to some dude about the stickers. Isn't that crazy? Some guy Turned up and said that he invented the stickers. Do you see how that works? Do you see how they silence the people and they take away something amazing that you've done and gave credit to some random guy? Hmm. Then you realize where they sit. Definitely not with the people. I'm not saying that Jesse Waters knows or he could, but that guy definitely knows that he didn't invent the stickers, right? We started that in August. So weird. Someone wants to take credit for something the people did that he didn't. Be interesting if we all communicated with Jesse Waters and you guys told him how you did it. I can't stop thinking of all the people that didn't see what Ali Akbar was doing to me. He invented all the things to attack me. He put out talking points. He thumped them. And I said, you know, it really did hurt my feelings, but really, when an inbred asset talks about me, it's really no. But what bothered me was he caught my attention. I guess their predictive analytics were right too. And while everyone thought that me calling him out was because I was upset that he was talking shit, turns out. I was right, again. Remember all those people that thumped him? Tucker, what about Pete Santilli? What about Patrick Berge who sits there and claims all the things he said when he knows it's not true? He uses those talking points knowing they're not true. Why? Because he's like, yeah, maybe someone will sue me and then I can have discovery. Discovery for what, dude? Nobody wants to acknowledge you. You're mentally ill. I can't sue someone who I believe is mentally ill. I mean, he says it himself. He's said it so many times to me on text. What he wanted to do to himself how he has PTSD and doesn't think right, how he had surgery and that's affecting his thoughts. How am I supposed to sue him and feel okay about it, knowing that he's not, he's a couple French fries short of Happy Meal, right? And then all the other pundits that joined in on, you know, you know, Tori's grifting. How am I grifting? Do I not work 24-7? Do I not create, I'm a one woman band. I have no one that helps me do anything. Other people have production companies and, uh, you know, sponsors and I don't. My employer is the people. I rely on any, I've been blacklisted completely. So I rely on working my ass off for the people until my last breath. So it gets me really, really upset. But now everything's coming to fruition. But slowly, they're chipping away anything we the people have done, right? Everything. I mean, this guy came out and said he did the stickers. We had the conversation. I think it was Thought Crimes who was showing me the pictures of the stickers on text in July of 2021, right? July of 2021. Here's the stickers that I print out. This is what I'm doing, right? And then everyone got mobilized after our AG letters in August. And everyone started putting them everywhere. On our food, on our carts, on the gas stations, everywhere. But yet, somebody came and stole your thunder, not mine. You guys did it. Just another chip to take away from the people. It's always about what they get. What do they get? Nothing. Do they get to, hard, to work so hard for their nation and then some loser comes along and takes their thunder? The accountability has to be on both sides from those that have spoken nice things to you and swayed you to those that have promised you results and well, they give you weird expectations for those that you elevated into heights of heroism to people like Pelosi. Oh, and Schumer, which by the way, I said all of that stuff and oh my gosh. Ali Akbar's former colleague, which by the way, did you know that Ali Akbar, I think I told you this before, had like a blog and he worked with other people and every single person he worked with, one guy was in the Air Force, all got done in for pedophilia or scamming or in jail for shit like that. It's pretty interesting how it's coming full circle. And tomorrow, he's going to be the spotlight. But you know, where are all his verified, what is that person called? Tickle truth, truth tickles, tickle tickle texts? Something like that. They're all verified on truth. Nobody knows who the fuck they are to be verified, right? They thought they could meme their way into winning, right? Memes are great, but it's kind of sad when we're mocking the fact that we're prisoners. I love memes. Huh. But when you have too many of them, your attention span is that of a fish. Probably why, uh, you know, <laughs> they do it. Counter operations. I see how... People take information and dissect it. And I see people take information and just chug it down as if it's, oh, spoon fed. There we go. Great. I want you to to understand that Ali Akbar had nothing but to create proximity to the president. Nothing. No more. You need not do anything else. You create the proximity, you got him nailed. But obviously it failed, right? Because people that they didn't subpoena had all their shit there anyway. Because I sp- obviously the Kremers had my stuff. Other people that were at the J6 interrogations had my stuff. They were Ali Akbar was so upset that his first interview he did with that L chick and some guy nobody knows, um, was complaining about me. So he's a little bit upset about me. So it'll be interesting to see if my name comes up. Um, but the, but the funny thing is, is that this was all a setup and we've shared the videos to show you how Ali Akbar was talking to someone within the white house who's trying to save their ass that coordinated this shit. Alex Jones was telling people, wait right here. We're all going to march. There was no march. He said that. I stopped at two police trucks, one next to another, one block to another block. And both of them told me a different story. Which means misinformation was high. And that's the way it is. But I digress. J6 is happening tomorrow. So I think we'll move our... Uh, My show back to the noon slot. I think that would be better. That way I can give losers some content. They can steal it from me during the day so they can prep their show, right? (laughs) That's what they used to do. They still do. Except for quite frankly, he's pretty badass. Man, I can't wait to see this sticker guy. I want to see who the fuck he is saying that he thought of the stickers and started them. That would be kind of interesting to see if that's true. I'm really pissed pissed but anyway
5: joining us now to discuss is republican senator Oops. pat toomey of pennsylvania wait wait wait, wait 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 i wanted
1: to show you this before we start on the J 6 talk before it starts they're already doing the second amendment violations i wanted to show you this cnn is telling you this and you must listen carefully to what they're negotiating
5: These bipartisan talks. Senator, thanks for joining us. Obviously, you're in the middle of these negotiations. Are you confident there's going to be a deal? Can you give us any idea of what kind of measures you're discussing?
11: Yeah, Jake, uh, there's uh, there's not that much really that I can tell you at this point except to say that we we are making progress. You have uh, men and women from both sides of the aisle who are negotiating in good faith. Uh, There are a number of items that are on the table. I, I I think the odds modestly favor us getting something done. And actually, this is the first time in 10 years I've felt that way. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm
5: cautiously optimistic. Republican senators who are inside the room during your party lunch today say that some of your colleagues feel that the current deal might go too far. They're predicting at least half of the Republican conference would vote against it. That's still theoretically uh, 75 votes to pass it. Um, What do you say to those critics? Uh, Are you confident you can get enough Republican votes to pass at least Uh, 10? uh, Jake, I would say it's way too soon
11: to be uh, trying to speculate about vote counts. I mean, we haven't nailed down what's going to be in and what's not going to be in. And the actual language of the ideas that are going to be in the language matters enormously. So I um, certainly my hope would be a majority of Republicans would be able to support this. Um, that, that would be very much uh, where I hope we would end up, but I think it's too
5: soon to know. Senator Rick Scott, when he was Governor Rick Scott of Florida, signed into law pretty sweeping measures after the Parkland massacre in 2018, which included red flag laws, which I understand some of your colleagues are publicly voicing uh, concern about in terms of they're not providing due process and the like. But our correspondent, Layla Santiago, took a look at the red flag laws and how they're working in Florida even very conservative sheriffs down there say that they're, they're working really well. Is, is Rick Scott at all talking about how that reform that he signed into law is working?
11: I haven't had that conversation with Senator Scott, so I, I don't know uh, exactly what his view is of the implementation. I can tell you this. I think it's unlikely that there would be a national red flag law per se. But what might find its way into this package, what is uh, under consideration is providing some federal incentives and resources to encourage states to enact their own red flag laws, provided that they provide some due process, because after all, we are talking about depriving a person of a constitutional right prior to them having actually done something wrong. So you got to be careful about how you do that. Uh, but that said, uh, I do think there are cases where red flag laws can work, and uh, that's that's part of the discussion.
5: A source tells CNN that Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell has privately expressed an openness for raising the age from 18 to 21 for the ability to purchase semi-automatic rifles. He has not said that publicly. It doesn't seem as though that is part of your final deal. Um, It wasn't when I talked to Chris Murphy, with whom you've been dealing, the Democrat on Sunday, he did not mention it. Uh, It does seem a lot of Republicans oppose it. Have you heard from other Republicans who might support stronger measures in private but won't do so publicly publicly? For whatever reason,
11: no, I, I no, I've not had that conversation with any of my colleagues. Uh, not with Senator McConnell. Not with others. Um, uh, look, I I, I, I think that, that it is worth seriously considering providing some extra scrutiny for young uh, purchasers.
5: Um, but but prohibitions are are that's that would be very tough. So possibly a waiting period for somebody eighteen to twenty one, possibly time to go through and make sure that there isn't a, you know, a juvenile record that's blinking red?
11: Well, I, I don't want to get too deep into the specifics, Jake, because this, these are moving targets and ongoing discussions, but but uh, a heightened lay, level of scrutiny um, might make sense considering that um, so many of these massacres are committed by young adults, um, guys in their late teens or early 20s who have a history of mental health issues. So it sort of stands to reason that you'd like to have a better way to understand that before someone walks away with a firearm.
5: You've been very active for years now, especially after um, the Sandy Hook massacre, working with uh, another fellow NRA-endorsed Senator, Joe Manchin, trying to expand background checks to include um, those private sales at at gun shows. Um, I'm sorry, uh, uh, the Non, the, the ones commercial that aren't, sales. yeah, the, the ones exactly that aren't done by gun stores, but are rather just person right. to person. Um, that's not going to be in this final package. W- why not? Why are, why are your Republican colleagues balking on that?
11: So, so let me, let's be, be careful. So the mansion to me approach was not intended to capture a private transaction between myself and my next door neighbor, for instance. But what we were trying to capture and what I still think we should capture are what we consider commercial sales and i think at gun shows you have a level of activity that really constitutes commercial sales i think when transactions are advertised and especially advertised over the internet that that amounts to a commercial activity i'd like to see background checks on all commercial sales um i don't think the mansion Toomey version of that is going to be in a final package here but i would suggest there are many ways that you could accomplish that goal of ensuring that you capture a lot more transactions and have that background check occur. So let's wait and see what what finally emerges. Um, I am hoping that we will
5: expand background checks in a meaningful way. The emotional testimony we heard today before the House Oversight Committee from victims of gun violence, does that have any impact on your fellow Republican senators? I don't know,
11: Jake. Um, Honestly, you know, uh, most senators have schedules that is completely booked nonstop all day long. And very few of us, as my guests, have had time to watch a House hearing. But I understand that it was so emotionally powerful. My guess is it'll be replayed many times on many shows. And so over time, people will see it. Um, uh, It's very hard
5: to say what impact that'll have. Best of luck with your negotiations, sir. Republican Senator Pat Toomey from the great Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Always appreciate your time.
1: Uh, You know what he says? He says that we need to expand background checks. Well, it wasn't just a little less than a year ago that I went to a gun shop and I wanted to buy a handgun. And I went there and I filled out my paperwork and he said, I'll call you when the check is done or whatever. And then he called me the next day and he was like, you can come and pick up your gun whenever you want. They do do background checks. So the question is, what kind of background checks do they want to do? That's right. Real ID. That's right. Health. That's right. They want your permission and they need the legislation to make it legal so you can't fight that there is one profile, one citizen profile that's legally sound. They already have it. They just can't use it. They need your permission. So if they can't get it with you permitting them through COVID vaccines, they're going to go through the gunway and take your guns, too. So that way they can disarm you. There is FBI background checks that they do already. So I don't understand. Oh, oh, but then we have kids and illegals and people that buy them illegal. Well, it doesn't matter how many checks you do. That's not going to stop it unless you use a compiled profile and boom. Suddenly, you know, if you've ever had a fight with your girlfriend drunk on a corner 20 years ago outside of a bar because you were at hen night, you know, uh, suddenly, oh, well, you had this incident 20 years ago, you might be mentally unstable. Therefore, no. You can go see our registered psychologist that will most definitely side with us rather than you, and you will never get your gun- guns back ever. And you can't 3D print them either. We've taken that away from you. Now, we need to get to um, the whole topic of J6. But before that, I wanted to show you how things are happening around the world. You know, we did hear about Dubai, right? And UAE and all these things that are happening. So, I wanted to share with you some international news that are happening. It's pretty interesting. And no one's going to talk about this, but we will.
12: The Gupta brothers are I'm in New They have been nabbed in the UAE following a global cat and mouse game. Let's introduce you to them. This is Rajesh Gupta, and this is Atul Gupta. They were once the be all and end all of South African power. Today, the country is desperate to see them in court. Many won the Gupta brothers in orange overalls. This is a story of their rise and fall. And it begins in Saharanpur, a small town in India's most populous state of Uttar Pradesh. The Gupta brothers were born to a local shopkeeper, Shiv Kumar Gupta and his wife. The family made a living by selling government ration in a tiny shop. When the brothers grew up, Ajay, the oldest brother, set up a computer import business in New Delhi. Soon he went looking for opportunities in Russia, China and Singapore. Atul, the middle brother, went to South Africa. This was in 1993. There was apartheid violence and political killings, but Atul reportedly fell in love with the country. He settled in Johannesburg and began selling shoes. In 1994, the apartheid came to an end. South Africa became a democracy. The country opened up and Atul Gupta started a computer business in this country. He named it Sahara. Atul made some money, he found success, but back home his father had died. Soon the whole family moved to Johannesburg. By then, Atul had already cultivated ties with the leading party. I'm talking about the African National Congress. When older brother Ajay moved to South Africa, he built close ties with Tabo Mubeki, a senior leader who soon became the president of the country. Ajay was also involved in one of Mubeki's businesses. It was in the 2000s that the Gupta brothers bagged their first big government contract. They were to set up computer labs in schools. Reports say it's then that their loot began. The peak came in the year 2009. Jacob Zuma became the president of South Africa. The Guptas made Zuma's son their business partner. In fact, sons of other powerful politicians were also on their payroll. The youngest Gupta brother, Rajesh, aka Tony, was made in charge of keeping these sons of politicians happy. Tony took them to nightclubs, hung out with them, took them to Dubai, to India, paid for their first-class tickets, luxurious hotels. The brothers leveraged this proximity to powerful families to win government contracts. During the Zuma era, the Gupta brothers bought a coal mine through, a, through government intervention. They set up a media business. They were also acting as fixers for foreign businesses and giving leaders handsome kickbacks. Before you knew it, the Gupta brothers of Saharanpur became one of the richest families in South Africa. They were flying around the world in their swanky private jet, landing in their hometown for the groundbreaking of a $12 million temple in their father's memory, producing Bollywood movies. In short, the Gupta brothers had arrived. In 2013, they chartered a plane and flew 200 guests from India to Sun City in South Africa, this plane landed in a military airbase, one that was supposed to be out of bounds for private use. And that landing marked a U-turn in their story. South Africa became suspicious. People began questioning the Gupta brothers' proximity to Zuma. In 2015, South Africa's deputy finance minister gave an interview. He said the Guptas had bribed him to accept the job. What followed was the biggest scandal of post-apartheid South Africa. It was revealed that the Guptas siphoned money from state-owned companies, from transport to power to arms. The Guptas stole money from everywhere. We're talking about more than 500 billion rand. That's around 3.5 trillion Indian rupees. That's how big the scam was. The Guptas were not just siphoning money also became power brokers. They were taking calls on who Zuma should and should not appoint to the cabinet. Some 100,000 leaked emails revealed the nexus between Zuma and the Guptas, or what came to be known as the Zuptas. Protests followed. Zuma was forced to step down. The Guptas fled to Dubai to evade arrest. In 2018, South Africa filed a case against them. They were accused of fraud and money laundering. Soon, newly elected president Cyril Rabafosa wrote to the UAE he wanted the Emirates to extradite the Gupta family. The United States and the United Kingdom declared them persona non grata. The family was slapped with visa bans. Their assets were frozen. Earlier this year, Interpol issued a red corner notice against Rajesh and Atul Gupta. The Dubai police has now confirmed their arrest. The Gupta brothers are now in their late 40s and 50s. They deny all wrongdoing. They say they became scapegoats because they are outsiders in South Africa. And the story does not end with their arrest. There are several questions that remain unanswered. For starters, will the arrest lead to an extradition? The UAE and South Africa have a treaty in place, but that alone does not guarantee an immediate extradition. Also, what happens to the third brother? He's neither been named in the notice, nor has he been arrested. Also, what kind of sentence do the brothers face in South Africa? We'll continue tracking this story for you. And looking for answers to all of these questions. Vyond is now available in your country. Download the app. Now it makes
1: sense why that uh, military official had their shit confiscated. See, this I was going to play yesterday, but I ran out of time. There's just so much to talk about. And it's so coincidental that it happens, you know, just one after another. They got caught. They were handed over. UAE got squeezed because... Six months ago, Durham received a package with shit from Qatar and UAE from me, very specific that were in the laptop and stuff about Biden and Obama and generals. And, you know, isn't it interesting how real reporting happens? What if you see that Epstein comes around to that shit? Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, you know, it would be nice to see it happen in Ethiopia, too. So um, I absolutely love her reporting. I watch her every now and then. Uh, you know, for those of you that, you know, I, I, I look at all the news from all nations and the ones that I most enjoy, you know, maybe we should laugh a little. Let's laugh a little, okay? Let's, let's, let's watch something funny for a second. Um, <sighs> I know this is so bad. This is so bad, but I have to. So there's this, there's this channel that CNN, (laughs) this is so bad. It's like, come on. It's really funny for me. It is, but okay. So I watch a lot of African news because Africa is the future. And I've said this many, many times. There's this channel on CNN called CNN pigeon, right? And man, I have a ton of subscriptions here. So I don't know if you guys have ever, um, watched any of this but let's just find a short clip um let's see let's see something that's interesting that's relevant let's see oh let's look at the nigerian news here we go
13: my country people now welcome to your favorite youtube channel cnn pigeon it's your guy pretty monarch of legals make una subscribe to our youtube channel like our videos comment, and also share okay my people i know say when most of them i don't see this video where they go viral for social media and when they ask questions say are ah, waiting they happen and i know say more many people too they never they see the video now why may i bring and come this place so that a coffee explain and show to people we never see them before and so most of them, i want you to understand what you happen for this video so i beg me gonna take a little moment subscribe to our channel like our videos comment share and also hit on the bell notification box so that on our fit they receive information each time we post our video Okay, my people, and I don't see this video. people, people they talk say, "Um, a plane crash for the streets of Ikeja, uh, for today, maybe."
1: Sorry, I want, I wanted to show you guys why I find it funny. So whenever I want to laugh, I know this is such a dorky thing to um to uh laugh at, but pigeon English. Um, hold on, let me let me share the screen properly. Give me a second. You gotta see what pidgin English is. Um, pidgin English is broke English, basically. It's uh, just broken English. Pidgin, spoken in Hawaii for decades, is now listed as one of the official languages in the islands. Uh, pidgin is a combination of expressions and phrases that are recognizable by those who speak it. To non pidgin speakers, it may sound like slang. For example, that means that, and fada means father. It's. <laughs> I'm sorry. If you actually read, um, articles, um, in Pigeon BBC News also has it. Am I sharing that screen? Let me see. No, I'm not. Damn it. Let me see. This is, this is real stuff. So yarn me, Tori. Um, top moments of APC presidential. So in Africa, they use it. Um, this is where they have pigeon. After, which means after. Two days, delegates from Nigeria ruling all progressive countries elect Bola Ahmed Tinubu as Dia presidential candidate for the 2023 elections. That means the, as the, but is a female form. The former, the former. Uh, state governor, governor, not governor, governor. Right. So, aspir- aspirants means aspires to emerge a winner and deflag the flag bearer of APC for the presidential party convention. We happen for Abuja, the country capital. Country. This is country. This is the country capital. So, I just thought I'd share that with you so you guys can laugh too, because it's actually, it is kind of funny, because it's broken English. Um, and this is how people, it's not Hawaiian only, this is African. Okay, in Africa, they speak pidgin English, which means broke English, but pidgin, I guess sounds, you know, better. And so <laughs> this is real stuff. I'm not, you know, kind of, this is BBC, right, showing you, Oh, wow. Did you see that? No kiddies. I don't care. So look at it. It clearly, let me see, zoom in so you can see the words. This is African. After two days, delegates from Nigeria ruling on Progressive Party, elect Bolak Mantinibu as the presidential candidate for the 2023 elections. Like broken English actually has an official word and it's called pidgin. Uh, so, I, I just wanted to share that with you. It's kind of, this is where I geek out. Like, I'll, I'll probably, you know, read a couple pigeon articles and laugh to myself uh, sometimes if I can't watch a video. I don't have headphones and I'm somewhere. Oh, thank you for the rants. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. I appreciate you. All right. So let's get going with the next segment to do that i want to play a song that you probably have heard but never really paid attention it turns out mr mr well mr mr you've been saying a lot of truth stuff so let's showcase him today let's just take a listen to a song before we shift gears
0: Must go on now. Wherever people go, go on together. And I try to hold on now. Too many of us have run, run out of the circle. Can you hear me? Are you breathing? I need you near me. No, I'm not leaving. I'm in no hurry to do this alone. I am standing here, my arms open
1: wide,
0: I am waiting here, hard in my hand on the corner. Dreams, dreams may you, sooner or later they're gone. You're back where you started. Oh, look, look at these scars now. How many wounds does it take before we are healing? Can we go on now? What we have done now is we must go on Our questions unanswered I know what we're after Is right here in our hands. I am standing here My arms open wide I keep waiting here, holding my hand on the border. And every step we take is the strength to the heart. And all the love we make gets us closer to home. I can see it all so clear now. I can hear your voice in a song. In a burns down inside myself, soul. takes me down this way. We can find our way. Back home. We, we must go on. And, and wherever people go, we go on together. And I am standing here. My arms open wide. And I am waiting here, heart in my hand on the border. And every step we take is the strength to go on. And all the love we make, this is closer to all. Open so wide, and I keep waiting here for the third of the night. And every step we take, the strength to go on. And all the
1: Yeah, I'm totally feeling Mr. Mr. today. He's, uh, he's got some really timeless pieces of music. Speaking of timeless pieces. It's kind of interesting how the arrest uh, near Kavanaugh's home has to do with January 6th. It's quite fascinating, actually. Please take a listen to what happens when people like Chuck Schumer make statements. Justice Department just charging a California man who was arrested near Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh's home with attempted murder. Authorities say he was armed and was making threats against the justice.
6: There's been increased security around the justice's home since that leak of a draft opinion showing the court is poised to overturn Roe v. Wade. CNN law enforcement correspondent Whitney Wilde is with us now. So just before he was arrested, uh, this suspect called authorities? What, what did he tell them?
2: Well, what he told them was he was having suicidal thoughts and that he had a firearm in his suitcase. He did have a firearm in his suitcase, according to this indictment that was just released, along with a series of other extremely alarming items. Let me back up and tell you how this all started. 1 a.m., two U.S. deputy marshals saw this man exit a taxi. He was dressed in all black. He had a suitcase. He had a backpack. Once he saw those deputy marshals, he turned on his heel and walked down the street. That's when he called 911 and said he was having suicidal thoughts. Once police took him into custody, they found in his backpack and in his suitcase, uh, black tactical chest rig, a Glock 17, pepper spray, zip ties, a hammer, screwdrivers, uh, a long list of other items, including hiking boots. And while they were doing this investigation, they read him as Miranda and it was through this interview they did with him, in which he said his intention was to kill the Supreme Court justice inside that home and then kill himself. He was angered over the leaked abortion ruling. He was also concerned that the justice would side with the Second Amendment, that he would loosen gun laws. This is another high-profile opinion coming out of the Supreme Court soon. So we have two high-profile Supreme Court opinions coming out, abortion and guns. He was angry about the possible ramifications of both. This is something that Department of Homeland Security...
1: Really... See, those are high-profile Second Amendment, right, with New York, because if New York can decide to tell you that you can't have a gun, then your state can decide to tell you you can't have a gun. They're going all avenues. One, we'll either get it through identity checks, which is, let's bring on Real ID and create and make the citizen profiles, right, your citizen score. I wrote about it in 2018. Very important. It's on Tory. So I think it's on Big League, actually. I may have migrated it over to Tory says, but your citizen log is not legit. It's like a little file they have on every single one of you, but they can't legally use it against you, even though they spy on everything you do. So the one avenue is let's make legislation to use all the data we have on these people. Then the other avenue is, well, maybe we can sequester it first to the states and let's fight it. Let's, let's make sure it happens that way because if the state loses, then it has to go federal and that's going to be a problem because we don't have states that are doing it. So they're using both avenues. Then we have abortion, but like I said, it's more reeling in Congress. Now we saw a small one where Congress allowed two states to not have to pay the higher fees. So the question is, what kind of businesses or houses theirs or organizations or nonprofits that benefit Congress? Maybe the CDC nonprofit is housed there, maybe, or maybe another nonprofit like the U.S. Trustees, or maybe um, one very specific one calling called the P- C-A-O-B, which I'm going to introduce you to mañana. So these are all nonprofits that Congress has created. Why would Congress need a nonprofit? Doesn't make sense. But let's go um, and continue to what the excuses this guy's really upset about: Second Amendment and abortion. Go. Officials have been
2: warning, warning about, about as, as, well as well as the, as the FBI, FBI for weeks. Uh, further. He told uh, investigators that he wanted to give his life purpose, and he thought that by doing this act, by killing the Supreme Court justice, who was not named in the indictment, by the way, by killing the Supreme Court justice, he would be able to do that. Again, telling investigators he intended to kill him, the Supreme Court justice, and then himself. He also said uh, that he purchased the Glock 17, uh, as well as other items for this explicit purpose. This is a Frightening case. It is eerily similar to a case we just covered on Saturday where a man uh, killed a former judge in Wisconsin and then killed himself again.
1: Now you have to think to yourself, why would this guy sit there and admit, yeah, I just wanted to do something and make my life have a purpose? And if I would get shot while doing it, whatever. And there was a judge that was shot. Why? This is where they go to the Republicans and they're like, listen, fuckers, they have guns. They're coming after you and your kids. They're going to kill your kids. Oh, you don't believe us? Well, maybe they'll take some out. You see, this is how it goes. They want to make you public enemy number one. The people are pissed and they will start using their guns. This guy who was high profile uses gun. What about the redneck somewhere in the South? What about the mouthy bitch in Utah? What about this? What about that? You want them to have guns? Think again, we better come to the table. You see how that works? They orchestrate it in a way to make them feel like they're in trouble too. And this is how they send that message across the bow. You better get on board because, you know, maybe it'll be you that they'll come for, Senator, hypothetically speaking, right?
12: Yeah, the The
2: real chance of domestic violent extremism geared toward the Supreme Court justices and their staff and others associated with the court is very real. This is the example of the type of crime that federal officials have been warning about since this leaked draft opinion that shows the Supreme Court is very likely to overturn Roe v. Wade happened. Back to you.
6: Some stunning details there. This man, again, just charged with attempted murder. Uh, Whitney Wilde for us outside the court. Thank you. Mr. Attorney
8: General, um, yeah. on the topic of gun violence, a man was arrested this morning
14: outside the home of Justice Brett Kavanaugh in Maryland with a gun and
15: a knife threatening to do harmed with the justice. What is your reaction to this? So this kind of behavior is obviously it's behavior that we will not tolerate. Threats of violence and actual violence against the justices, of course, strike at the heart of our democracy. We will do everything we can.
1: So are we going to see Schumer rounded up? Because, oh, I didn't threaten physical violence. I meant political. Political to the Supreme Court, who are apolitical, who have nothing to do with politics, that just stick to the law. Someone's fibbing, because none of those apply politics to the justices. So if you have zero tolerance, why not revisit Chuck Schumer's threat? Why not revisit Kamala Harris's plea to fight to the death, huh? Why not?
15: To prevent them and to hold people who do them accountable. For that reason, last month, I accelerated uh, the protection of all the justices' residences 24-7. Also last month, I met with the marshal of the court. I I, I convened a meeting with her, as well as with the deputy director of the FBI, with the director of the marshal's service, um, and with our own uh, law enforcement, our own uh, prosecutors to ensure every degree of protection available as possible. Just yesterday, I met with Judge Salas uh, and uh, Judge Sullivan, on the Judicial Security Committee of the Judicial Conference, and assured them of our complete support for their efforts uh, with respect to judicial security.
1: Well, isn't that a hoot? Now they want to protect them. This is how they send warnings, and it's not going to come from some crazy libtard. This is what they're doing. You know, accountability is funny. We haven't been able to hold accountable the left yet in the way we want. And I saw this interview with Barr, and I give him credit for that because it was incredible. Do you want to see deals? You want deals? We want no fucking deals, right? If you want deals, people are going to go to jail today. One guy's going to flip, he's going to get a free pass to get another guy, and then another guy, and then another guy, right? And then in the end, every you've got over 50% with passes to get one or two. If you want scalps, you got to be patient. And Barr said that, and that's the way it is. You got to take your time. Things have to happen at the right time, at the right place, in the right way, and they have to be done. You can't just... Uh, assume that oh it's easy oh yeah to you it's easy right but to them who are doing it it has foreign policy implications it has uh, our economy at stake our privacy at stake our national security at stake we have to undo a hundred years of shit and if you want no deals you got to be patient and you got to take it where you can And right now, starting tomorrow, the fire's up. I mean, they already started a little bit early. And I showcased Schumer because it was very important. And lo and behold, I guess I'm just really good at Google, right? Not like I do some fancy math or anything because I'm a grifter, right? So I don't know any of this stuff. I just guess really well for the past freaking seven years publicly, guess pretty well. And here we are again. Again, I'm so irritated when people steal the thunder of just the average people. It pisses me off and they do it on purpose. You know why? Have you ever been to, uh, okay, all of you have been to school at some point, right? <laughs> when you were kids and you would play on a team. And I'm not talking about the jocks. I'm talking about the not so jocks. And, you know, the, there's the, the one parent or the, the two parents. sponsor the whole team so the coaches kiss their ass and their kids get to go in all the time. I, I, I saw that all the time, right? And then the kids would be like, "Why play if I'm not, you know, I don't get, I participate and I'm not doing anything. They're not playing. I win and they get the prize. It's just not fair, right? This is how it feels that the people are getting thrown under the bus so that titles and tiaras exist. I think it's time that we use that as an example to hold them all accountable. You know, if you're sitting on there and you're taking somebody else's hard work, I'm just saying when we sat and did sticker brigade in the spring, right, thought crimes was the one that made all these different stickers. And I was like, no, we need to stick to the Trump one and the Biden sticker. You know, this guy started his stickers in November. We started them in 2021 in the summer and spring. So again when someone steals something so they can benefit for their job or their business it's bullshit. I mean the message is out there so nobody cares. The thing is principle Just like all the stories, you know how I don't like Jack Pasobic. He used to steal Millie's shit and then pretend that he did it. He used to steal my shit and pretend he did it. And it's like, why are you getting the, uh, you know, the the sponsors, the cash, the promotion, the support when you're not doing any of the work? And see, this is how the swamp works. They don't do any work. They just posture and they have all these other people fucking doing. They just reap and eat grapes and get fanned. And that's the source of the problem. The source of the problem is is that we're allowing them to get fanned, right, and sit there and take the title and the tiara when it doesn't belong to them. It belongs to every single American. The laws passed should be in the hands of the Americans. The successes should be in the hands of the Americans. I mean, even this uh, prime time thing, we're paying for it. So it's ours. It's not theirs, right? It's not the J6 commissions. It's ours. You're using my fucking money to produce that. Shut up. It's mine. That's the way it is. I digress. Let's move on to J six. I I mean I'm so irritated to that seriously because that was your victory to see yourselves everywhere globally, and for a piece of shit like that to just take it from you and use it to gain business. And I don't care if other people go, oh, Tori's mad that they stole it from her. You should be too. If you're on the right side, you should be too. Fair is fair, and you know you can't call yourself honest. And pro truth and pro America. If you think things like that is okay, it wasn't something that the people, they actually won. You guys made it internationally and, and, and this loser just took their thunder because business insider probably was told to thump him up. Maybe they wanted to get him for something else and thump him. Who knows? Regardless, he took it and ran with it. So disgusting. Oh, it makes me sick. Okay. Um, And then you tell me that I should be patient with human beings. This is why, you know, I love my cat and my dog. Done. Now, let's focus on this guy who weaseled his way out of my lawsuit for now, because we're going to get back to the Kraken, Cohen.
16: Saying it's no better today, the environment, particularly as it relates to elections, violence around elections like you would. witnessed yourself on January 6th, no better today than it was prior to January six. I wonder, for folks watching at home now, should they be concerned that these midterms coming up might be
7: marred by violence? We all should be concerned about the midterms being harmed, and all public officials should be concerned about their own safety of fear. Uh, Jonathan Martin, our friend who wrote uh, This Shall Not Pass, makes that clear in his book that this is something that is a continuing part of American government, American politics, the, the big lie continues, the fealty yeah. to Trump continues, and the encouragement to the white supremacist and the terrorists to, to be involved continues. I had no doubt on January 6th, I felt my life was endangered when I was in the gallery. And when I was yeah. there I hollered down to the floor and said, Call Trump and ask him to call off his Revolutionary yeah. Guard. It was clear to me what had occurred that day and it's still going on. And it continues because the man is intent to get power and Republicans helped him and Republicans continue to help him.
16: And, and you, by the way, were not the only one who, who tried to get the president to call them off. We, we know that included right up to, to the Republican leadership, Kevin McCarthy. Uh, January 6th hearings, uh, they are coming up. The committee says that it will be presenting not just evidence we're familiar with, but new evidence, that uh, they say potentially damning for, for, for some senior officials right up to the former president. What what new evidence are you looking for?
7: I'm looking for involvement of Republican legislators who had denied that they met with President Trump on January 6th and soon before, but we have proof through Mark Meadows' emails and other uh, evidence that they did, in fact, meet and that they can work with it. And there were several legislators who have denied uh, being involved, but they are involved, and it went to the highest powers. They were all close to Meadows. They all encouraged Meadows. Uh, I think we're going to see that, and we're going to see how much Trump was involved. Trump ran this show. He ran it from, from the time he lost the election in November, and he did it with his with his son, our sons, and all of his, his uh, henchmen up there. Um, Mark Meadows was part of it, and they were willing to have Mike Pence hung and thought that would have been, been a good thing. Nobody knows yet who brought that that gallows are constructed, that gallows on the Capitol grounds, but that was done with the purpose to intimidate, to instill fear, and possibly, I think, to be used.
16: We know that uh, we believe that Mark Meadows, uh, sorry, rather that uh, that Pence's chief of staff will testify in these hearings. Pence is seemingly making bones about possibly challenging Trump for the Republican nomination in 2024. Do you believe the former vice president? Should testify. I mean, he, he was in that basement safe room for hours on January six.
7: If I were he, I would. I think I'd put uh, a threat to my life, and there was a definite threat to Mike Pence's life. They testimony from some of the uh, indicted, and I think some of the same, some of the people who pled guilty said they wanted to grab Mike Pence, and, they, and Nancy Pelosi, and Mitch McConnell, and grab them by the by the head or the hair. uh and-
1: Steve. When they met you to spina you, didn't you have a f- flower pot or something? What a loser. Listen to the narrative, how you're now dangerous.
7: Pull them down the steps of the Capitol. They wanted to do them uh, harm and they wanted to kill them. And if it was me, if I was Mike Pence, I would certainly want to see the public to know that and justice to be Uh, rain down on those individuals
17: so that is just one of the hundreds of victims donald trump
1: created on
17: j6 and these are some some of the the most powerful people in the country
1: yeah and they are the same as you and i they are not more important oh my gosh he created all these criminals. no dude no one hates you if you don't do anything for someone to hate you for. Remember that video, How to Survive the Purge, where they were like, just be nice and kiss everyone's ass so nobody wants to target you? These people lied. These people cheated. These people forced us to lock down in our houses. These people have been stealing elections for two decades. All right. They've been lying to you, monitoring you, fleecing you and enriching themselves. And you're not supposed to be upset. Now, violence is never the answer. Taking one's life is never the answer. But justices, justices, this was all set up. Who opened the door? Who pushed the barricades? Who paid for that shit? Who was filming it? Who did all these things? Those are the questions everyone should should be asking themselves and then we can go into the unjustly locked up but none of these fucking losers spoke up because they didn't like austin steinbart they let him rot in jail they let his constitutional rights be violated because they were like look nobody likes him he's taking control and credit for a movement that he knows no one's gonna take credit for, the losers that hijacked it, and the operators of the actual system. Therefore, since everybody hates him because he came out and said a few things, which may not all be wrong, he said a few things. We lock him up. No one's going to talk about it because it's okay. Cause he's a piece of shit. So we're just going to ignore him and let his constitutional right. So again, it's because everyone sat idly and watched that shit happen, which was the test run is why everyone is rotting in jail right now for J6. Cause nobody did shit when it was one person. And even if you didn't like him and I said this, Even if you didn't like it, you should have spoken up. Even if you didn't agree with him, you should have spoken up. But you didn't. And therefore, don't bitch now that everyone's in J6 locked up. Because when they did their test run with someone that they asseted, you didn't do shit. That's why. 10 years ago, 15 years ago huh? It's happened so many times and they just found it just right. What if we say that they did all these things and we lock them up, then it gives us precedent to be able to lock people up and throw them into solitary confinement and not charge them and just let them rot. This is America. You don't sit and rot. We have murderers rapists and drug dealers out and these people are rotting. But again, I digress. It's all the fault of the people because they didn't stand up because they didn't like the guy, you see? So Austin Steinbart, not a hero, not this, not that. Maybe whatever you want, but the charges that they were hitting him with were stupid. They had no reason to hold him in federal prison at all. I spoke about it again and again. And then you have little fucking limp-wristed bitches like Jordan C. They're saying, well, she interviewed him and, and what did you do about his rights? Yeah, he's a piece of shit. So his rights don't count. Well, then you're a piece of shit and your rights don't count. Is that the way goes is that how America is is it rights for all or only rights for the people we like huh how about in the matrix and shady whatever shit where were they to speak up that this guy got rolled up and he was being held without bail? See, that's the thing. You don't have to like the person. The person could be a piece of shit. The person could be a grifter. The person can be anything. But when you see that the charges were retarded, made zero sense, and they did all of this, he was a test run to your community, to the community of people organizing in action. He was the test run to destroy the storm and the red stringers did it. All these QAnon Johns, the praying medics, praying on people, fucking the truth hammers, all these motherfuckers out there. Excuse my French. No, you know what? No excuse. Tracy Beans, all talking shit rather than saying, you know what? I don't like the guy and everybody. I don't like the guy. They could have just said that. I don't like the guy. But he's got rights and we all got to rally behind him. Not because he's a hero, but because he's got rights. And and it's not right. This is America. We don't do this. You're not held indefinitely as if you're guilty without being found guilty. And that's the thing. We don't have that. People don't, you know, see it objectively. You don't have to like someone. There's a lot of people I don't like, and I will stand up for their fucking rights. And that's the problem. Every single one of them is the problem. The Pete Santilles, the the, the, the Jordans, say there's the Tracy Beans, the Brian Cates, all of them, Jack Posobics, all those fuckers are the problem. Okay. We're not talking about the crazy people like Simon Parks and Charlie Ward and some other street fi- fighting patriot and red pill. They're all losers. Okay. They were telling you that they're married to nine foot aliens. It's your fault. Okay. I'm just saying it is, it is, it, this is the problem. And just like President Trump said, the reason the left wins is because they're together and united for a common cause. The right, the people that supposedly fight for freedom, aren't. This is why the Republican Party is so genius. They control the puppet strings and they sit there like their shit doesn't smell. Oh, my shit smells like lilacs. Yours smells like shit. You know, this is how it goes. And it's all about creating division and becoming more important rather than saying, shit, you know, it would be great if I saw one of them say, you know what, everyone's sitting in J6 because I fucked up. I didn't like Austin Steinbart. We should have all stood up for him. We should have all done something. We should have all organized. We should have, should have, should have. I did as much as I could through the Justice Department, writing letters and asking why, you know, he's, he's in jail for this and why this is happening because he's an American citizen where are they? Why aren't they admitting their mistakes? I am more than happy to admit my mistakes. I have no problem doing that because that's what honesty does. That's what people do when they're honest. That's what people do when they supposedly pray and believe in God and have visions. Fuck you. That's the way it is. So Austin Steinbart was the dry run for J6. If we can demonize them enough, we will neutralize the Patriots so they don't even fucking say a word about it. But Tori, you haven't said shit. There's no point. We saw it with Austin Steinbart. Nothing's going to happen. It's beating a dead fucking horse right now because you're not going to get anything done. I have people that I know personally that were in jail. I have one person on house arrest. You guys, he was the Trump appointee, my friend, that we all raised some money for. This guy is arrested in his house. He was the only person that they targeted because they think they saw him there. He was supposedly there, apparently through grainy footage they think he was there so the thing is that's the thing i i don't doesn't mean that i uh, approve of what austin seinbart said i don't say that what he said is true but is he an american citizen yes he is does he have rights yes he does so every single fucker out there that sat there silent while his rights were being violated as a test run it's your fault so don't bitch any time you turn around and say, well, did Jacek fuck you? What did you do when somebody else's rights were violated? That's the way it is. That's the way it goes. Now, in other news, speaking of sedition with Federique, which by the way, Millie Weaver, she had sat there and she literally called them out as feds to Cassandra Fairbanks, another asset, Right. And they mocked her and laughed at her and said, oh, let me guess. Everyone's a Fed. It turns out they're all fucking Feds. (laughs) So weird. So fucking weird. And now she's in West Virginia being a Fed there. What a loser. See, they mock you when you call the truth out. And then when you're right, they just shut the fuck up. So witnesses who interacted with the far right
9: Proud Boys on the day of the Capitol attack are among those scheduled to testify at the January 6th committee's first public hearing, which is Thursday night. This is extra significant now that the Justice Department has charged the head of the Proud Boys, Enrique Terrio, and four other leaders with seditious conspiracy in the Capitol attack. This just happened, escalating the criminal case against members of the Proud Boys. CNN senior national correspondent Sarah Sider joins us now. And Sarah... You have done unique and groundbreaking reporting on the Proud Boys, including conversations after the January 6th attack with Enrique Tarrio, the leader, who wasn't there on that day. Yeah. But what did he tell you as part of these discussions into the subject of planning come up?
10: You know, we should talk about a little bit about the new indictment because it does bring some fresh detail because, as you mentioned, Enrique Tarrio, who was then the chairman of the Proud Boys National Organization, wasn't even in Washington, D.C., On January 6th, but the government says he was involved in the planning and then responded afterwards as well with glee and joy as to what was happening inside the Capitol, those pictures that we all saw of people going in, breaking in, and terrifying members of Congress. Uh, In the latest indictment, we noticed some things that were different because in the very beginning, several members of the Proud Boys were charged. He was not. Uh, But this new indictment talks about encrypted messages that were being sent, that were created, an encrypted group that was created by Enrique Tario according to the indictment, and that was shared with dozens, eventually, of Proud Boys. But a few of the core group that are listed in this indictment uh, were aware of what the government says were planning tactics, tactical planning, getting things like armor, getting things like... Um, you know, hotel rooms, planning on where they were going to be, where they were going to meet. Uh, and so it's really interesting to read through some of the conversation that was going on there uh, between Enrique Tario and some of the members and his response to all of that happened. He talked about in, in the communications, uh, he was talking with a person that was talking about a plan to occupy several buildings, including the House and the Senate, uh, and that they wanted to flood it with as many people as possible um, so a lot of details here that explain why these charges have just come up now. Um, I do want to talk to you about what happened in February, February 24th, after the charges against some of his Proud Boys were already put in place, but he had not been charged. We were able to sit down with him. I have talked to Enrique Ontario for many, many years um, over the years, and he agreed to sit down with me. And, and I asked him about... The people who had been charged and whether he condemned them. Let's listen.
6: So was it a mistake to even go into the Capitol? Was it? Yes.
10: Do you condemn those who went in, vandalized, threatened police officers, broke windows? Do you condemn those people? Can you say that right now?
6: Okay, I can't say that because I think condemn is a, a very strong word. And I think it's a little bit too strong.
10: What happened was really violent and very strong, right? I'm only responsible, I, I guess, to speak. I'm only
6: responsible for what the Proud Boys did, right? And you listed you listed a whole a whole thing, and I like to to go through that. There's uh, eight members of the Proud Boys that decided to go in. I think that was I think that was a mistake to go in, um, but they're painting it like as as like we coordinated to go into the Capitol previously,
10: and that that's that's untrue. So let's just parse what he said. He says there, again, this is before he was indicted. He says there, we didn't plan this. This was not coordinated. And he didn't go all the way to condemn those who went in, but he says it was wrong. That is a very different story than you are getting from the details that are inside this indictment in these encrypted messages going back and forth between him and people who were there.
16: Joining us now, seated
1: Ali, Abdul, Razak, Akbar. Man, wait till you see how far and wide this network is of memers right? Memers, proud boys, twinks for Trump where you got little boys that are gay posing in bathtubs and shit, right? You've got all these fuckers. You know, Millie and Gavin when they saw the twinks, I was like damn, that's crazy shit. But she had seen the shit in Charlottesville, right? And this is how it all came out. Where she realized so when we were having conversations in 2019, she realized what organized psyops are because she had seen that. And she didn't know what she was looking at, but she did see something highly coordinated. You know, the more I look at it, Federique, I'm thinking, how the hell does he have a lot of baby mamas? Like, how does a guy like that, oh, man? Anyway, I'm just on a mean streak today. One, I'm agitated. Two, I can't stand hospitals. Three, you know, things are constantly being delayed because people drag their feet. Everyone's always busy and there's always this hectic cloud of shit. And, uh, you know, and on top of that, people are trying to undermine the people in all aspects, not just your rights. But any thunder you have, they want to take it.
16: Senior crime and justice (laughs) reporter, Caitlin Hollins, also also former federal 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 Prosecutor. prosecutor and CNN legal analyst, Elliot Williams. First, though, Caitlin Tell us what we know about these Justice Department charges against the Proud Boys leaders. Seditious conspiracy, that's significant.
4: It certainly is. It's a new charge. It's a more ambitious charge, Jim. But these are five leaders that are charged in this case, five leaders of the Proud Boys that we've heard of before. These guys have been charged previously with conspiracy uh, to obstruct the January 6th uh, certification of the election. And Enrique Terrio and the four others, now they are facing this additional rewritten charge, seditious conspiracy. So what changed from what we knew before? Well, the Justice Department in recent weeks added a cooperator against the Proud Boys, someone that was part of the leadership group with these other men. Um, and we also are seeing prosecutors rewriting uh, the seditious charge, adding a little bit more detail, not a lot, but just a little bit in this case. And the one thing that is really separating a conspiracy charge from a seditious conspiracy charge is that in seditious conspiracy, The language is about overthrowing the federal government. And in this particular case, Terio is accused now uh, of texting with others about watching how the January 6th uh, meeting or or the the recession of the Senate out of the chamber saying, let's see how this plays out, whether they were going to meet again. And prosecutors are saying that these men of the Proud Boys were planning not just to obstruct the vote but to work together with force to intimidate members of Congress to leave the chamber.
1: Uh, Caitlin, thanks. And Elliot, I mean, uh, seditious conspiracy is is quite a charge. And I just wonder how high the bar is for prosecutors to uh, succeed in proving it out in court.
17: Oh, uh, yeah, you're absolutely right, Poppy. Uh, number one, it's a serious It's got a 20 year maximum. It yeah. is a high bar and it's something that's not charged often. I think mm-hmm. the last time it got charged uh, 10 or 15 years ago in Michigan, the, it got thrown out because it's very hard to prove. Now, look, it's not necessarily just overthrowing the government, though. It's using force. To hinder, prevent, or delay the execution of any law of the United States. And there's mm. a very clear path here of using force. Number one, we know that happened because we all saw the videos. But if you look at the communications, the emails, the encrypted messages, and so on, they are trying to disrupt or delay uh, the certification of January, uh, of, uh, of the election there. So it's tough. It doesn't happen often. But if there is a case for it, this is it.
16: Mm. Ellie, I'm curious what the significance is of the fact that the Proud Boy leader. Enrique Terrio charged here was not on the grounds of the Capitol on January 6th, but was still charged because this gets to a bigger question here, right? Do you need to be physically involved, right, in this or just involved in the planning? And what does that mean for other senior folks who, who may have incited this?
17: It's a couple things. Number one, for any conspiracy, Jim, it's an agreement between parties uh, where two people have a meeting of the minds as to doing something. And again, the indictment lays out a number of communications, really graphic ones, uh, talking about war and how we need to go to war uh, in effect. So there was an agreement there, number one. Number two, it's been a criticism lodged against the Justice Department that they were only going after people who were, you know these sort of little guys who were um, foot soldiers or whatever. What this shows here is that there's broader planning and agreement among people higher up on the food chain. Um, so, so it is significant in that sense.
1: And Caitlin, you have some new reporting on the Justice Department really intensifying their investigation focused on the Trump campaign's interaction with so-called alternate Republican electors in states that the former president lost and whether a scheme to organize them could be charged as a crime. What can you tell us?
4: That's right, Poppy. So I've been tracking the Justice Department investigation, this criminal investigation into January 6th. And one of those aspects that the Justice Department has been pursuing is the Trump campaign, their communications with state electors in battleground states, um, as the Trump campaign wanted to put forward, alternate electors to basically supplant the, the true winners of those states who were going to be voting for Biden. So in Georgia, I was able to to locate an email uh, that mm. a member of the Trump campaign, a staffer, had sent out to electors that were about to gather in Georgia, telling them not just to gather the next day to meet to support Donald Trump, but to meet In secret. So, this staffer, his name is Robert Sinners, he wrote in this email to the Georgia electors on December 13th I must ask for your complete discretion. Your duties are imperative to ensure the end result a win in Georgia for President Trump, but Mm. will be hampered unless we have complete secrecy and discretion. So ultimately when that meeting occurred, when the electors met the next day, there were local news cameras there to capture it. So it didn't actually take place in secret, but this email, this call for secrecy, uh, my understanding is that it is of interest now to three sets of investigators, the Justice Department, the Fulton County Grand Jury, this local mm. body that is looking at this criminal, possible criminal, uh, investigation, and then also the House Select Committee. And as we know, this is not just about electors themselves. These alternate electors is not a standalone issue. We believe that it is part of this larger idea, mm. uh, to put forward an alternative, uh, to stop and overthrow the ultimate outcome of the election for Joe Biden.
1: Caitlin, your uh, your dogged reporting on display. Thank you for bringing that to us. Elliot Williams for the great analysis as well. Well, then that was kind of interesting, right? A kind of interesting, wasn't it? Well, wait, there's more interesting stuff. Sleeper on the January 6th hearing. What is that? What does that even mean? Yeah, Bernstein identifies the real sleeper. What? the real sleeper of the January 6th hearing. What's that?
6: So we're just days away from the first public hearings from the January 6th uh, committee. Members of the committee promising newly revealed information and promising to lay out the case for what led up to the
7: insurrection. The committee has found evidence of concerted planning uh, and premeditated activity. Uh, The idea that all of this was just Uh, A rowdy demonstration that um, spontaneously got a little bit out of control is absurd. Uh, You don't almost knock over the U.S. government by accident.
6: So joining me now, CNN political analyst Carl Bernstein and CNN contributor and former Nixon White House counsel, John Dean. Good evening, gentlemen. Good to see both of you. Carl, I'm going to start with you, the the insurrection horrified America uh, as it unfolded but it has been almost a year and a half and Americans are grappling with other big problems right now. How much pressure is on this committee to make their case in these hearings? A
14: lot of pressure. Uh, They've got a standard to meet in the Watergate hearings, which was exceptional, uh, partly by John Dean's testimony. Whether or not there's going to be a smoking gun witness, we don't know. What we do know, reporting, is that there is an awful lot of information that shows that the committee has an awful lot of evidence, really convincing evidence, of a conspiracy to have a coup in which the president of the United States, the sitting president, Donald Trump, would not permit his newly elected successor, Joe Biden, from taking office. And so what happened here? What does the committee know? The committee has a timeline, I'm told.
1: I promise OK, I'm good. I've I've got this on my list for like seven months now, but hopefully in July, at the end of July, I'm going to get a breather before court starts for me. So, you know, I'm going to have like a button where I can make a sound every time they lie. Duly elected in what universe, in what freaking universe is this real The only thing I have is this. And that kind of lines up with what this guy said. Duly elected. You mean Barack Hussein Obama for four years actually did that to someone that was actually duly elected, even though they had already started cheating and were disrupted and got caught. See, I'm going to say this because this affords me protection too. But I admit it to making sure that the closet they had to rig the elections was inoperable. And if you remember, in Georgia, DHS, Homeland Security, SISA got caught getting in there. Who did I tell you runs the fucking elections? I know their name. I know the unit. And I have the evidence. Not in my possession, so don't raid me because you're not going to find it. Your own fucking government is rigging the elections. Your own government. Your own government has been rigging your elections. This is why they tormented President Trump because they didn't know where it came from. Everyone thought Mossad helped. Why would Mossad help? They do the same thing. DHS got caught. In Georgia in 2016, nobody asked, what was Homeland Security doing in the election machines if they're not connected to the internet? Because they're the ones that rigged the elections and they got caught because I set them up from West Brunswick because they had to use that closet and that was an unmasked IP because it was migrated over to the one in Virginia. I set it and I did it. And everybody there can sit there and, and, and until, you know, kingdom come and, and, and try to blame just Dominion, try to blame just Heart Inner Civic, try to blame everyone. But it is your own government that has been rigging your elections. They rigged the elections every single year. And then because President Trump was actually duly elected, even though they had skimmed millions of votes off of him. Right. He still got in and they worked day and night, day and night to keep him out of office. I am so frustrated with this parade, with this facade, with this bullshit and with all these losers coming at me, telling me who the fuck I am. The only reason you got Trump is because I smashed up that fucking closet. The only reason you can see is because I did it and I put myself out there knowing that I could get arrested if I got caught but I was lucky there was a wedding and there were Albanians that were drunk and $500 goes a long way. And that's the way it is. And they got caught. And every single time I go to court so that I can put that evidence in there, I keep getting kicked out of it. And every single time I keep putting it in, I get kicked out of it. And the thing is, I don't even want to give it to anyone because no one is going to utilize it and showcase it. But I'm going to make sure the world fucking sees it. Me putting it on my podcast or on my website isn't going to help. I want that shit on the record. I want it on the record. Siza did it. Siza got caught in 2016. Siza sat on the Halderman Report. Siza, 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 None of this matters. Because everything can be undone. If you stand 40,000 foot view, anything they're doing now doesn't matter because it can be instantly undone. But unfortunately, no one on our side is saying, wait a minute, she has something. Why aren't we showcasing it? She has this. Why don't we put it out there? If they're fighting for your country, why aren't they putting it out there? Why aren't they talking about it? Because they want control. They want to be in charge. They want to be your hero and they want to do it their way so they can maintain control because you don't want to let go of that data. They, you don't know. No, no. Even the good guys want the data. This way they can control you the only duly elected president you have had in two decades is president Donald J. Trump. And they had stolen millions of votes already by the time that shit kicked in. Well, because I knew were, it was so hilarious because when they tried to activate, they didn't even, they couldn't, it was perfect. It was absolutely perfect because you knew that they were going to go in there and tighten it. Cause they were sure that they psyoped everyone with all these fake polls. And yeah, you know, I had shit out there. I had treats on election night. I had rolls. I threw a fucking party because I was going to watch them train wreck. And the thing is, it was so beautiful and they had everything and no one did anything. And then a year later, I had the whole state of North Dakota up my ass because they probably figured it out. Right. It was only a few months later that they were riding up my ass and I am being tormented by the very people that are claiming to try to help this country. I am so frustrated, so frustrated.
14: The The timeline timeline shows shows that at 1
1: p.m., the only
14: time under the law in the United States that the president of the United States can be elected by the electors sitting and presided over by the vice president of the United States. The object of this conspiracy, which extends to the president of the United States and his aides, according to some people on the committee and its staff, that the object was to keep that 1 p.m. vote from happening. And it was coordinated with the demonstrators who stormed the Capitol. One of the things that we see is Donald Trump didn't tell them to go home until after four or five o'clock in the afternoon, even though there were entreaties to him to please send them home, tell them to go home. He didn't do it. Why not? Could it be because the longer it got past 1 p.m., the more Trump knew, as his lawyers had told him, that he might be able to stage a coup that would keep him from leaving office.
6: Ah, very it's
14: diabolical. It is truly diabolical, and the lawyers recommended it.
6: John, following the insurrection, we saw the shocking video, like Senator Romney nearly walking uh, toward the mob before being warned. Uh, and and then whisked away, right? And then the vice president being uh, led away to safety. And of course, the scenes of that incredible violence. How can this committee remind people of the shock that they felt that day? I mean, they hired the former president of ABC News, James Golson, to help produce the hearing.
18: Well, I gather they are going to use some video, and that's, can, a picture is worth a thousand words, a moving picture, maybe 2,000 words. Uh, so I think that's one of the things, the tools they have is to have pictures and to have testimony. Maybe some of the officers who were injured uh, can explain uh, the chaos they were confronted with and recapture that awful moment at the Capitol. But I'm sure that they will we will do it well, and it doesn't take much to leave a pretty lasting impression if anyone has forgotten what happened on that day. Yeah. I mean, just that moment there brought us uh, brings us back to what, what happened. So, uh,
6: John, sources tell CNN that the former president wants his allies to push back hard on whatever comes out of the hearing and his alleged role in the insurrection. What do you expect the counter-narrative will be here?
18: I think it'll be the witch hunt. Uh, that's been his standard go-to approach. Uh, it's gotten kind of uh, boring, actually. He doesn't have much of a uh, of a counter story. Uh, he once was very good at deflecting attention because it was so unusual for people to do the absurd things he was doing. Now he's become s- something of a, a regular act, and we expect it out of him. So I don't think there's a whole lot that he can do to distract or that his su- surrogates and And uh, apologists can do. I think they'll try to get to the mics, but they'll not have much to say. And they aren't the story. Uh, They aren't the story that most Americans are really interested in.
6: So, Carl, you and and your Watergate uh, reporting partner, Bob Woodward, have a new piece out. It's in The Washington Post. It's pointed to the similarities between Nixon and Trump. And I quote here, Um, it says, both Nixon and Trump created a conspiratorial world in which the U.S. Constitution laws and fragile democratic traditions were to be manipulated or ignored. Political opponents and the media were enemies and there were few or no restraints on the powers entrusted to presidents. And you argue that Trump surpasses Nixon in the depths he has gone to. Explain that, please. Well, both were criminal presidents, such as we had never seen before Nixon.
14: And Trump built on that criminality. But what really has happened here is Trump is the first seditious president of the United States. It's an incredible notion, the idea that president himself would stage a coup.
1: What did he just say? What did he, this guy needs to go to jail? What did he just say? We had Barack Hussein Obama's transition team in May insert themselves in the highest positions. We have federal employees, Barack Hussein Obama appointed federal employees organizing and literally calling it a coup. And he's going to sit there and say that the president orchestrated a coup. You guys orchestrated a coup for the patriots so that you can entrap them so that you can make sure this never happens again. This guy needs to get locked up. We need everything we have on this. I am so pissed today. I'm I, Maybe it's because I'm agitated. What's the point? Sometimes I actually think, what's the point? Yeah. So I've got half a million people that are awake, half a million people that see it. But then I have a billion other people sitting there talking shit about me when they're bots, when they're assets of Brennan's and Obama's trying to choke the truth. And they know they can't kill me off because that's not allowed because then they'll never get the keys. So here's the issue. The problem that we have right now is that we're letting this happen because we're not all coming on the same page. They have been stealing elections for two decades. You didn't like Bush? Well, that was rigged. You didn't like Obama? That was also freaking rigged. Everything has been rigged. And the one time someone is elected, even though the chips were stacked against him, and out of nowhere, some random person that no one, who ran operations, could even see coming. That's what made it so fucking perfect. That you would not be able to see it coming because it was unexpected. See, not even J.O.B. would have seen that coming. Not even Hussein would have seen that coming. Because, you know, self-preservation kicks in. This bitch is not going to do it. We've got her wrapped up in a fucking bow and blacklisted her. There's no way she could do anything. She's busy putting fires on you know, with bullshit. Yeah, that was smoke, bitches. You watched me work on those networks. That was smoke. Because while I was supposedly at the Mall of America, I drove like a bat from hell through the night. Hey, I made it from Ohio to New Jersey in five hours, five and a half hours. And I stopped only a few minutes out there. You know, I can get that shit done. And I did that because I was like, you know what? Nope. They're not going to get away with this. You know, I I don't know if president Trump's going to be a good president. I almost said it like I tried to believe that I would say that out loud (laughs) and I don't believe that I knew he was, but that's the way it is. And ever since then, all I've been done in every facet of my life is been attacked. And then even people that I am benefiting, like I remember how horrified I was when I was trying to help a little city of losers, right? Helping them with nothing in return. I wasn't getting shit out of it. And they attacked me. And I was thinking, people are disgusting, right? They don't deserve people. You know, when I hear people saying, well, you know, I serve the military and I fought for the ground you stand on and I will fight for your right. Where the fuck is that now? Where are you standing for anybody's rights? Oh, well, the prerequisite is that you like them. You think I like the people in my not North Dakota? Fuck no, I don't. They're nasty, they're self-centered and they can't see the truth even if it hit them over the head. But I still try to help them because that's the right thing to do, right? And that's what you do. You know what? At this point right now, Starting tomorrow when we're going to be streaming these crazy ass, you know, uh, you know, paid for produced your tax dollars. Did you authorize them to pay a producer to produce a nice show? Uh, so we're government expenditure. This is the waste, fraud and abuse that you need to be reporting to that site. We shut down last time we did it. See, all of this is coming out. And the problem that I'm having is that it's June and it's almost August the fucking third. And I'm really trying to move as fast as I can. I am, but I'm one person. I'm one person that does the show. I'm one person that does the research. I'm one person that does everything. And yet I'm supposed to be spread everywhere. And none of these people on the right are doing anything for their country right now. Anything that really matters. What we need is unity. We need to suss out the fuckers, like the fake sticker guy, like tickle texts, right? That I called her out a while back. Where are all these verified losers on truth to support Ali Akbar, whose only job was to gain proximity to the president? I kid you fucking not. I had my name on a chair. He wasn't even invited. And somehow he got in there and he said, I'm sitting in. the front because the president is going to call me out. Thank God, President Trump did not call him out. Thank God, the loser he was talking to didn't do it. What we need is for the people on other sides that are supposedly like those expose Flynn networks. Okay, expose them all you want. Can we like get to work? though? Because there's a lot of people I want to expose. People you think are good. But I don't have the time for that because it's not the right time to do shit like that. Uh, We should expose shit. Okay, let's dilly dally on that while the clock runs out on the evidence of 22 months for the elections so you can feel better. Anyone picking fights is against us. Right now we should all be uniting in one common focus then you can make them hang for what they did. That's what we need to do. This is what has to happen. August 3rd, the clock ticks. So all of you fuckers out there selling your supplements, your, your t shirts, your gold coins and all that shit need to get on the same page and work hard. You need to lawfare the shit out of everything. You need to be filing waste, fraud and abuse. You need to be sending letters to your senators. You need to be you know, filing anything. Just go and file a lawsuit. So they tell you no, just fucking do it. That's all you need to do. You need to put their feet to the fire and you need to show them no, 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 no. We're the numbers. You are nobody. He was a duly elected president with all the chips stacked against him. Hillary Clinton did not have the popular vote. She had way less. And so, you know, right now, right now, as it is, all these people, you need to turn them the fuck off, even turn me off and start writing your letters, start filing your lawsuits. People need to start to be coming to the table and working together because this is not not going to go on forever. This is time sensitive. You may not like X, Y, Z. Nobody cares. Don't like them. Call them assets. I may be with you on that, but it is not the time to do that. The more you divide, the easier it is for them to run us over. And then you can hate me all you want. Hate me now. Hate me, hate me. Work with me and even hate me later if you want. But right now, what we all need to do is come to focus. Stop talking about, well, so-and-so took a picture with them and they're like together and, you know, they're working together and they did this and they, nobody gives a shit. Can we all come to the table, please? August 3rd, evidence is gone. There are people that are thinking that if they invalidate electors in a state, that that's going to make a difference when in Michigan they're prosecuting people for going up against election fraud and in Wisconsin. How is they, how are they getting away with that? Where's Michigan? Why aren't they doing something? Where's Wisconsin? Where are they standing up? That's the thing. If people would start working together. And use your damn pen. The president even told you that. Use your pen. Time is running out. For me, I'm a little bit upset because I should have had my filing done already. But you know, life and you know, one woman banned and you know, there's only a handful, one lawyer with, you know, a couple in the back. I'm also supposed to be running for secretary of state. I don't even have my website up because I have to do that too. So it's like I'm one person. Nothing can stop what's coming. The thing is. Do you want it to happen on your terms or do you want it to happen on Australian terms? That's the question you should ask yourself. So I'm extremely frustrated right now with the whole climate because all I see is people bitching and people condoning weird behavior. At a time that it's not, you know, it's kind of like when your kids and when you're, say, the house is on fire, right? You know, your stove is lit on fire and it's like, mommy, 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 Joey won't let me play with the dog. Can you see I'm trying to put out a fire? We need to, can you grab something and help me? But Joey is upset and they stomp their feet. This is what we're seeing right now. This is exactly what we're seeing. They're taking away our rights. They're taking away our history. We've got a second amendment. We've got Roe versus Wade. We've got administrative shit. We've got, Oh my God, we've got someone Nara. So they're going to be writing history for us, right? There's so much and nobody is coming to the table. Everybody wants to be important. Because they live in lack. They think, you know, hey, if I don't come out first, then, you know, I don't get the prize. Fuck your cookies, fuck your titles, fuck your tiaras. Can we work? Because we won't have a country later. So nobody cares right now. Kind of like that loser with the sticker. That's what set me off. It's like, holy shit, it's right in front of me. This is what they're after. Five minutes of fame, rather than saying it's a collective effort by the people. Right? A collective effort. I didn't start it. You didn't start it. The people started it. That's the way it is. And if the people could get together, that's the way it is. Everyone is getting into these pockets of bullshit. And now things are going to come out in the J6 trials, obviously orchestrated and tailored to make their narrative fit. But if there's smoke, there's definitely fire. And when there's a deal cut, right? You Make a deal. You don't go to jail. You give us testimony. You sit there for eight hours. And you roll everyone over and pretend you're a patriot because you've been asseted from like a long time ago. That's why everyone else is a fucking pedo and in jail. And you went to prison and got away with it. And, and you're Brendan's side piece. So there. You're Brendan's side piece. Stop talking.
14: To undermine the constitutional transfer of power to his successor. Nothing close to this has ever happened in our history. Think of it. It's in authoritarian countries that such coups take place. Not in the United States. No president has attempted anything like it. It is so audacious, so uh, far toward undermining democracy itself, the most elemental part of our democracy. Both Nixon and Trump tried to undermine the electoral system, but only Trump tried to keep the transfer uh, of power from happening. But there's one aspect to, to this hearing that we haven't talked about yet, and that's Liz Cheney that she might be the real sleeper of this hearing. She has impeccable Republican and conservative credentials that the people of this country are gonna get a look at. She knows that the committee has done its work. She knows that there has been a massive conspiracy that goes to the top of our government. She knows what happened here. She is gonna help present the facts. I would say, let's keep our eyes on her, on Liz Cheney, almost as we kept our eyes on Sam Irvin, the chairman of the Watergate committee. But she has another thing going for her, as does the committee. And that is the fact her father was the vice president of the United States, reviled her father by the left, by the Democrats. And here she is leading the attack on her own party, which has said we won't cooperate with this investigation. Compare that to the Watergate situation where it was Republicans who pushed Richard Nixon out of office. Barry Goldwater, the great conservative, 1964 nominee.
1: And this is why I stuck through this loser. He told you it was Republicans that did it and it's Republicans that are doing it now. And if you can't see that. You know, I don't know what to say. He's telling you the truth. Republicans did it. Republicans are doing that. As I've said, the Republicans, they sit there and they act as if their poop smells like lilacs and yours smells like shit. While all along, all they do is take advantage of the situation. They smile and they nod. They tell you how patriotic. Oh yeah, we tried, but our hands are tied. You know, here's um Ali Akbar's bosses talking. Take a listen. Last segment for tonight.
9: Thank you so much for waiting with us. Look, these January 6th committee hearings set to begin Thursday night. You said before right here on CNN, the committee doesn't need to show any new bombshells in order to make their case for conspiracy. But what are you hoping to learn from these hearings?
8: Well, I'm hoping, hoping to learn with the rest of the American public um, more of the details of what happened. I mean, we're hearing a lot of this stuff kind of third, third hand and not from directly from witness depositions like to see some of the witnesses some of the the video from the witnesses i think it will be you know if they if it's done correctly and i have every reason to believe it'll be done correctly it's going to be very dramatic to actually see these uh, people, for example, who work for Mike Pence, talk about the pressure that Trump, Donald Trump put on Mike Pence. To see um, witnesses like Mike Luted go on the stand to talk about the advice he gave uh, Don, uh, uh, <clears throat> uh, Vice President Pence, and 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 also to hear more av- direct evidence about about the about the about what happened on January 6th at the Capitol. Um, there's just a lot of things we can hear, but the fact of the matter is, um, as I as I've said. It, it, We already have um, enough evidence to conclude that there's a substantial likelihood that there was a criminal conspiracy here. And in fact, one other point that needs to be made during these hearings is that it wasn't just about the January 6th violence. It was
1: January 6th criminal conspiracy that they concocted. So they're talking about what they did and trying to blame someone else. They're smart.
8: It was about the fake electors, it was, it was about, about the pressure, pressure on it, it was, it was about, 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 about the, the uh, attempt to co-opt the Justice Department, and we're going to hear from some of those Justice Department lawyers who Donald Trump tried to pressure. All of those things made this a conspiracy to defraud to the United States, to, to, to uh, corruptly impede a, a, a congressional proceeding, to f- fraudulently attempt to obstruct the governmental...
1: You know, sometimes... When someone does something evil, it comes back to them tenfold. And I'll give an example, personal example. Patrick Berkey tells you, I'm a veteran. I am not, you know, this, that, that. He says talking points that are all bots, right? That are all agency bots. And some weird people saying, oh, yeah, but he's speaking the truth. And you're just like, wait, something doesn't sound right, right? He's saying things, but now, oh yeah, I created the shadow net. And he's actually using it to cause the harm. He, huh, it's boomerang. This is the boomerang. This J6 will be a clown show, but I can almost guarantee you that people on the left will be like, well, wait a minute. That doesn't sound right. Wait a minute. See, those on the right. The actual right, not the title and tiara right, not the I want control right, right? But the actual people that care about this nation and their communities will see it and say, yeah, old news. they all set us up, right? There were a lot of good people there that just got carried away and walked in. They were like, holy shit, this is so cool. I could tell my grandkids that I walked into the Capitol. I get it. They didn't mean to commit a crime. I mean, it is their house. They can walk in it, Right. But not when crimes are being committed. Then we have Ashley Babbitt. No one's talking about that. We need to talk about that. But not yet. It's not time. So all of this is going to boomerang right back at all the people that are, and I'm using air quotes now, good, but want control. The evil ones that orchestrated and those that are telling you it's a criminal conspiracy because they're admitting to the crimes that they have committed, but they're charging it to someone else. This was very well planned. And like that loser said in the previous segment, it was the Republicans that did it. Pay attention. Back then. Uh, so how is it different now? Now listen to this portion.
8: Function, which, all of which is illegal under federal law. And even without the violence, it, 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 it violated federal law. But with the violence, putting it all together and having all of these strands tied together and show how they were linked. And they were linked at the top by one man, Donald Trump, Um, for the for the
9: committee to put this all together, I think would be a very uh, a very constructive thing for the American people to see. George, you just talked about the fake elector scheme. As you know, CNN is reporting that in the wake of 2020, a Trump campaign official called Georgia Republicans And told them to operate in, quote, complete secrecy and discretion when they held this meeting of of would-be electors. Complete secrecy and discretion. What does that say to you? Well,
8: that's classic evidence in the criminal context. It's classic evidence. Of criminal intent. When you are doing something surreptitiously, it tends to suggest that there's a reason why you don't want people to know it, which is that you know and that that, that they would, whoever finds out about it, would think you are doing something wrong. And they were acting surreptitiously, not because they knew that if somebody found out that they were
9: trying to do. Also notable that this electoral situation is part of the January 6th investigation, part of the DOJ investigation, and part of a separate Georgia investigation all at once. George Conway, I do appreciate you sticking around with us. Thank you very much. Thank you.
1: I wanted to let that sit. Thanks for coming around with us and spending time with us. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for telling us exactly what you guys are doing. Now on that note, I'm going to let you guys go tomorrow. I'll be on at noon, right? So I'll see you at noon. And um, then I'll see you at night when we stream, uh, you know, the, the hearing. I'll. Um, I can't wait to watch it with you. I want to see how they're going to get it done. <laughs> it's going to be quite fascinating. Oh my gosh! Thank you for the rants. I appreciate it. Now, again, you know, thinking about boomerangs because my Aussie, um, my Aussie listener sent me an amazing Aboriginal boomerang—one for me and one for someone else—and when I was looking at that boomerang, I thought, you know. Nobody really talks about boomerangs the right way. Let's talk about boomerang. So a boomerang, you throw it to hit something and then it comes right back at you. Now, that's the way recompense works. What you put out, you get back tenfold. You throw a boomerang full of shit, you're going to get a whole lot of shit coming back at you. You throw a lot of good, it comes right back at you. So I am so appreciative for that boomerang. I'm actually going to... I don't know if I can actually try it. I'm going to pop into the, the the Aussie group and see if I can actually test it in like a long field or something. But boomerangs are pretty interesting. You know, when they, when they sent it, I actually was at a doctor's appointment and I was watching a video about boomerangs, how to throw it and how does it work, you know, And as I was seeing it, I was like, wow, so this is it. The force that you use dict and the angle and how you throw it dictates how it comes back and if it comes back, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I was thinking, wow, President Trump has put so much good out there, right? So much good out there that it's coming back to him a hundredfold. Everyone that puts pain, suffering, selfishness out there, it will come back to them a hundredfold. You know, as, as I was watching these videos with boomerangs, and I was pondering on it, kind of, and I, and I, and I, and I pretty much caught myself with my mouth gaping. Going, ah, uh, you know, um, as I was sitting there, I was thinking, you know, it, it really does matter in the long run. You know, no matter how frustrated we are, I am super feisty today. Um, super feisty but I, I realized you know your boomerang is, 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 is all yours you are the master of your boomerang if you throw it at the wrong angle or with a bad intention I guess the angle could be the intention it's going to come back at you or drop dead in the middle and not complete its mission depending on how you throw it And so this J6 show will definitely be a boomerang on these people. Uh, On that note, let's just keep encouraging people to come to the table because I'm so frustrated at couch politicians and couch citizens, actually. I mean, what is a politician? Politician is a citizen that is serving their community. And right now we don't have a lot of that. I wish we did. So on that note... I will see you guys tomorrow at noon.
0: this mountain side, across the sea into my soul, into where I cannot hide. Setting my feet upon. Memories, my body burns a gem like flame. Somewhere between the soul and soft machine is where I find myself again.